Welcome to Write Now with Scrivener, where writers talk about how they work, how they develop their ideas, and how they use Scrivener, the app built for long-form writing projects. I'm your host, Kirk McElhern, author of Take Control of Scrivener. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Jessica Payne. Jessica's first novel has just been released. It is called Make Me Disappear. Jessica, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you today. You're recording at, what is it, 5.45 in the morning. You're an early riser, aren't you? I am. I have to be with a three-year-old at home. And the three-year-old doesn't get up early? <laughs> or, or, or what's early for the three-year-old? I'm trying to remember when my son was three years old, what time he got up. Yeah. So I got this fantastic contraption that turns a green light on when it is wake-up time. And that is how we have managed her wake-up time because... Once upon a time, she did wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, and at that time, I was not any earlier of a riser than I had to be. But um, but now it works out pretty well. She sleeps till almost seven most days. So I get a couple hours of work done every morning. So she sees a green light and that tells her to stay in bed? Uh, the green light means that she can get out of bed. So if she wakes up before ah, okay. that, yep, she goes back to sleep. And she's pretty good at it. it. It's taken some work, but I would highly recommend it to anyone with a toddler. Y yes. Anyone with young kids, please let us know if that works because... <laughs> I wish I had had that. So this is your first novel. This is exciting, isn't it? We're recording this at the end of March. This is about six weeks before publication, but we're releasing this podcast a couple of weeks after. What's the stress level like? Well, it kind of uh, comes and goes in waves. There are days like today where I'm like, I, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on everything. But there are other times where it feels like there are a million things to do and they all have to be done, you know, today. Right now, it's a big push for promotion. I just had my cover reveal, which was super exciting, and I got a ton of support from the Bookstagram community. But what people don't realize is that does take some organization and some planning ahead of time. And then um, meanwhile, alongside that, I'm also still revising book two, so it's kind of having a couple different things going on. It is a lot of fun. But yeah, it can be really stressful at times and just feeling like there's there's more than can possibly be done. But then, you know, the event passes and you're kind of smooth sailing for a couple of days. For a couple of days. Yeah, that's about yeah. it. Until it all starts again. <laughs> <laughs> Next deadline. But it's interesting because you as a first time author now, you're in a world where authors do an awful lot of self-promotion. They do, yes. I know someone who writes mysteries who's been writing for decades and who's used to the publisher doing all the promotion, which is what it was in the past, mm -hmm. pre-internet, pre-Facebook, Twitter, and, and Instagram. But you're of the age where this is just kind of natural to you, right? Yeah, to some extent. I was actually thinking about this a few days ago. I remember having a conversation with someone when I first started writing, and they were pushing for me to self-publish, which I do think is a wonderful option for a lot of people, but it is kind of its own endeavor. And their point was that, you know, you have to do a lot of self-promotion anyway. And that is true. Um, that in both camps, you're doing a lot of self-promotion, but I actually do have quite a bit of support from my publisher and they are doing a great job with that. But yes, a lot of this is very natural. I grew up posting on Instagram and Facebook. So this is kind of a natural extension of that. And I think the biggest mistake that people make are approaching it like it is promotion because that's not entirely how I see it. I see it as I have made a great community online of writers and readers, and it's a lot of fun to connect with them. And I've been doing that for years now. So now that it's my turn to publish a book, they want to support me. And that's really cool. And um, it's, it's not just all putting yourself out there, hoping people will buy your book. I mean, yes, I hope people buy my book and love it, but a lot of it is just connecting with people. And I think, 
I think it depends on just how you view it. And if you view it that way, it's actually a lot of fun, even if it's a bit stressful at times. It's interesting because there is a very vibrant book community on the internet, whether it be Goodreads or Instagram or different things like that. And we're all people who read a lot and share what we like. And, and it does have a communitarian thing, unlike, say, someone... I don't know, who's just, who's not into that and is just publishing blind. So you come with a sort of a base behind you already. Yeah, exactly. I've been a part of the writing and reading community for years now, and it's it's just kind of one more thing with them. They've been absolutely wonderful. So why did you start writing? Have you always wanted to be a writer? I have always written. And I think little girl Jessica definitely at one point had dreams of being a writer. I can remember, you know, into my twenties, walking into a bookstore and looking around and thinking to myself, so many people have written books. I think I could do this too. But a lot of it is about timing and finding the right thing to write about. And for me, I felt like I kind of needed some life experience as well. But yeah, I always thought that someday I would write a book. And then I got to my mid thirties and was like, oh my gosh, am I gonna do this thing already? And I had my daughter. And um, something about like having this tiny, fragile life in your hands makes you think about how life is very short. And that was kind of the thing that got me to just start writing that first book. And I didn't necessarily have expectations, but I started writing and I haven't stopped since. And um, I knew I wanted to write novels. So figuring out how to do that. And, and I just love things that challenge me you know, intellectually. So learning to write a book was a little harder than I thought it would be, but it was also a lot of fun. When did you start writing Make Me Disappear? I started writing Make Me Disappear in early spring of 2020. So lockdown. Yeah, I guess it would have been right after COVID. I had already been writing. I had written three books prior to that and had queried them to, to literary agents. And um had gotten somewhat of a response, but had not gotten an agent. And I wrote Make Me Disappear right after COVID lockdown started. And um, yeah, it kind of, it just wrote up really fast. It was like the story that had been waiting to be told. And it felt very different to me. This this particular book, it felt like this was going to be it. This was going to be the book that got published. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting that this coincides with COVID because it's about a woman who fakes her own kidnapping because she wants to get away <laughs> from the world. Is there some symbolism there? Well, I don't know if it's specific to COVID, but I think I definitely went through a period of time in my 20s where the idea of being able to disappear and escape and start a new life was appealing. I think we all go through a period of time like that. Well, you mentioned before we started recording that you lived in the woods for six months. Was this kind of like your own <laughs> private Walden? <laughs> I was on a backcountry trails crew in California, and um, it's a program called the California Conservation Corps, and they have a backcountry program. And you literally go live in the woods for six months. You don't have phones, you don't have computers or internet. The only way you communicate with outside world is snail mail. And that was in 2006, I believe. So it was, a you know, a little bit ago, it wasn't quite as, it wasn't quite as uh, much of a phone and internet world then as it is now. Well, it's pre-smartphone. Yeah, but it was still like such an incredible experience to just be cut off from the world. And I will tell you what, I did a lot of writing when I was, I did that, I filled two full journals 
but living and working out in the wilderness was an incredible experience that really made me step back and reframe my whole world and what I wanted from life. And I will say that was a period of time where I was like, I should be a writer. But then, you know, you come back to the quote unquote real world and need to make an income and kind of just get swept up in the fast pace of things and um, not forget about it, but it goes on the back burner. But then I had my daughter and I was taking some time off of work in grad school. And that's when it kind of emerged again. It was kind of this theme in my life where when things slowed down enough for me to really think about what I wanted, I started writing and it's been pretty cool to get to, for the first time, really focus on that. What is your day job? Do you make people disappear? <laughs> they say, write what you um, know. So maybe you know a lot about this. That's a great question. I don't think I can comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I worked full-time as a registered nurse and I got my degree as a nurse practitioner, but that's also when COVID hit and my husband is in the military. So we were in between back-to-back -back moves. So between all of that, I chose to stay at home with my daughter around then is when I signed with my literary agent and got a book deal soon after. So right now I am a full-time author and stay-at-home mom. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very pleased with it. So how did you get an agent? Well, it was a bit of a journey, um, as it is with most people. It takes some time. It takes multiple books. I actually participated in a an online Twitter pitch event called Pit Dark, and that is for literature that has any sort of dark leaning. So murder mysteries, thrillers, dark fantasy, any of those books would be included in that realm. And she liked my pitch, and she... Basically, that's the agent requesting that you send them more material. And I sent her everything. She requested my full manuscript. And then many months later. So you did, you'd completed the manuscript by then. Oh, yeah. You have to complete yeah. the whole manuscript and revise it. Right. And I had been sending it out to other agents. And then in January of 2021, I think I'm getting my years right. I actually got a an offer of representation from a different agent. And that kind of got the ball rolling. And so I let all of the agents who had my manuscript or a query letter from me know that I had an offer. And I ended up getting three offers. And I signed with Kimberly Brower of Brower Literary. She is wonderful. She just really understood what I was trying to do with my book, maybe better than I did. And we just had a great rapport. She knew my genre. She's been really, really wonderful to work with. So it kind of sounds like you gamed the system here, like you'd sent out a bunch of queries and then all of a sudden you get a nibble and then you go back to the other, say, oh, by the way, and that's good. That's the market. That's how it should work. Yeah, that is how you hope it works. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely uh, took advantage of it. <laughs> so let's talk about the book. This is about a woman who is in an abusive relationship and wants to get away and figures out a way to get away. Yeah. So Make Me Disappear. It is about, as you said, a woman who is trying to escape a twisted, manipulative relationship, and she arranges for her own kidnapping to do so. But after she is kidnapped, she realizes that she has not gotten quite so far away from her boyfriend as she had hoped. And she comes to the realization that there really is no escape from him. And she decides that instead she has to turn the game back on him. And um, no spoilers. People will have to, <laughs> yeah, people will have to read the book to uh, find out more. But it's, it's, uh, I think, a really fun, dark thriller. It's told in dual point of view. So you get Noelle, the main character, and her trying to escape and then deciding to turn the game back on him. But you also get the point of view of Daniel. And that's kind of um, 
a dark, twisty point of view. If you like Dexter or you with Joe Goldberg, you'd probably enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, it was a really fun book to write. Okay, and you say this sitting there with a t-shirt with a cat holding a very bloody knife. <laughs> yes. Well, this was a gift in my defense. Yes. I was not, I did not pick this out. Someone saw it. Yes. Me, so. Well, see. Thank you. <laughs> this kind of sounds a bit like Gone Girl, and it's not like this is a plot that hasn't happened. But reading through your book, what really strikes me is that this is a real... I'm going to say page turner, but I was reading it on my iPad. So a page swiper. Um, you've got this really good way of ending each chapter with one of these pithy little sentences that says, okay, one more chapter. How much <laughs> did you work on that? Because that's a real, that's not an easy technique. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. When I was writing, it just felt correct for the voice. Like it just felt like the right thing to do. But in revisions, my editor, any chapters that did not end that way, she said to me, Jessica, these other chapters end and make me want to turn the page. Can you make sure this one does the same thing? So that did help. This book, though, it's so fast paced and it it felt that way to write it, too. I wrote this book in about two months. Wow. And that's just how it came out. It was like, can't wait to get to the next chapter. Like, I couldn't wait to write the next chapter. So um I guess that came through well. It feels very cinematic. Were you thinking visually as you were writing? I do think that way, yes. In my head, I don't see the words on the page. I just see the scene playing out in my head. Yeah, and um, wouldn't it be cool to see it on the screen? I would love that someday. <laughs> that would be really cool. That's, that's what everyone wants. Although there's always the risk that someone buys the rights and then they change it to something you don't want. I know, I hear you. And that is always the risk. Um, I, you know, I've seen enough book to film adaptations that I do understand that that's how it works. So I would have to go into it knowing that, but I might be willing to do that. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you use Scrivener. Writing a book, screenplay, or even a long article is a juggling act. You need to find the right words and the right structure, keep track of research, and refer to notes. Tailor-made for long writing projects, Scrivener is the go-to app for writers of all types. Scrivener combines a typewriter, binder, and corkboard in a single app. A project outline makes it easy to get an overview of your work and flip between sections. Refer to research alongside your writing and just drag and drop to rearrange your work. Write in any order in sections as large or small as you like and let Scrivener stitch it all together when you're ready to share your words with the world. With Scrivener, you'll find everything you need to start writing and keep writing. Scrivener is available for Mac, Windows, iPad, and iPhone. Download the free trial from ScrivenerApp.com. Right now with Scrivener listeners can get a 20% discount with the coupon code PODCAST. That's ScrivenerApp.com. Okay, Jessica, how long have you been using Scrivener? You said you wrote three other novels before this one, correct? I did, yes. So I have been using Scrivener for most of my writing career. I So my my first book was written during NaNoWriMo, and NaNoWriMo always does a great promotion for Scrivener, where I think it's, I don't know, it's a significant discount. It might have changed since I did it. You get a long trial period, and then yeah. I think a 50% discount. Let me talk about that. I, I swear nobody like paid me to say this, but I love that the trial period is 30 actual days, not consecutive because at the time I was working. Yeah. So to be able to actually use it for 30 days instead of like only half a month was fantastic. 
But yes, I downloaded the trial during that time and absolutely loved it and decided to buy um, the actual software. And there are a lot of things I like about it. One of the cool things about Scrivener is that you are constantly finding more things that it can do, which it's so, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I know about this the whole time? But for the most part, it's like a fun surprise. But I made a little list of um, the things that I love about Scrivener. So, oh, this is wonderful. None of my guests have ever made a list before. <laughs> well, I knew you were going to ask me this and I was like, I will be prepared. I, I did this for school growing up. <laughs> <laughs> So I write in multiple point of view and multiple timeline often. So being able to have the binder where I can see all of my different chapters, I love that. And I love that I can easily move them around. One example of this would be that for the book I'm currently working on, I have flashback chapters, but those don't have to go in any particular order. So I'm able to easily move them around and I have been moving them around. I also like that you can change the little icons. So when I write in dual point of view, I have like a green flag for one character and a red flag for the other. And it makes it so easy to be able to just scroll through and see, you know, who is who. Do you know that you can also put color labels on the files in the binder so you can see it even easier? Yeah. Okay. You know, I I'd heard that on one of your other podcasts, actually, and I was like... I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because, <laughs> you know, you figure something out and you're happy with it. I also really love the compile function and how it auto formats everything into Word for you. And I am someone who hates having to go through and do formatting. So the fact that it like puts in all the chapter numbers and the page numbers and all of that, it makes my life so much easier. I have to like have all of that before I send it to my agent or editor. And I love that I just push a button and it does it for me. Um, and then I'll just, I'll list one more thing on my screen or on my list here. I love that it has the dual screen where you can pull up two chapters at once. I use that actually when I am revising chapters, I will pull up the old one next to it and then the new one, you know, to one side. And it's just so nice to be able to see it that way. And I know in other programs, you could pull up two separate windows, but it feels much more complicated to do that. I just love that they're in that same box there together. I also love that I can take notes in the little notes area. And I do that a lot. I kind of take an ongoing mental list of things that have happened or that need to happen or stuff I don't want to forget that needs to happen later in the plot. And it really helps me stay organized. Wow, this is all great. We haven't paid you to say all this, but <laughs> it, it's true that most of my guests, they, well, I like this and I like that. And you're the first one that's had a list and has been able to rattle off things so, so quickly like this. Are you this sort of very organized person? I am either super organized about something or not organized at all. And it just depends on what it is. Like my desk um, is pretty cluttered and I'm okay with that. I organize it in between different drafts and that way I don't have to kind of like, well, one, worry about it, but two, lose anything. Cause I have scraps of paper everywhere. I try to be, I'm trying to be more organized. Like as this book launch is approaching, I have a lot of things I have to do. So I have a calendar that I actually put on my wall. Now, sometimes I forget to not put it back on my wall and then I can't find it for a couple of days. <laughs> but when I find it, everything is there. So um, I'm trying. I also love to just keep lit, like to-do lists. And that that helps. Are, are you the kind of person who you've got a messy desk, but you say, I know where everything is? Yes. But sometimes I might be lying. 
but for the most part. Yeah, I, I used to do that. And a couple of years ago, I decided to clean off my desk as much as possible because of the visual noise that comes as you're looking around. Yeah. When you work, are you able to, are you in a comfortable space where you can be free like that, where you can clean things or where you're not disturbed by noises? Now, you said you had a young daughter, you're up before dawn. Do you do most of your work in the morning like this or when she's sleeping? Yeah. So I am lucky enough to have my own office now. We have had a couple moves recently with the military. And one of the big things I talked to my husband about was that I really need my own space before we were sharing an office. And that allows me to be a little bit messy. He, he is a bit more of a neat freak than I am. So being able to close the door to my office and just say, you don't need to worry about it. You know, it's my space and the door is closed has been really helpful. So yes, I, I can kind of spread out in here and have things how I want them. And then as to your other question, I write when my daughter is asleep. So yeah, I wake up early. I usually wake up at 4.30 in the morning, which means I can be at my desk with coffee by five. And I write for a couple hours. She's up around seven. I also write during her nap time. She's three and a half now. So who knows how much longer that will last, but she is uh, starting to go to preschool. So hopefully that can kind of be swapped out. It's hard to write with a three-year-old around, even if she's busy with her own task, you know, she frequently needs help. And it, you know, I kind of, I never want to feel like I'm, you know, too busy for her. So finding that balance, but yes, it does work best to, to write when she's asleep. So you have a YouTube channel called Mom's Writers Club. Is this part of what led you into writing or it, did this happen at the same time you were writing? How did you set this up? Mom's Writers Club started after I started writing. Uh, I had been writing for maybe a year and a half and a random Twitter post about how I wish there was a writing community for moms who often are writing at odd times, like during nap times or late at night. That got a huge response. And I realized that there was a need for this community. So we started doing online chats uh, through Twitter. If anybody's interested, it's just the hashtag Moms Writers Club with an S after mom and writer. And eventually my friend, Sarah, she got agented about the same time I did. And we just felt like we had more to talk about than Twitter allowed us to do. And we decided that a video format would be best for that. So we talk about, you know, getting our agents and how to get an agent yourself and how to write a query letter. And we actually interview my agent a couple of times. We talk about some of the issues that the mom writing community deal with that are different than what the, you know, maybe not mom writer community deal with. We do have our own challenges, like finding the time to write. So we just wanted to give back to that community. And it's been, it's been really fun when we've had a great response and people are very interested in it. And even if you're not a mom, there's a lot of wisdom up there, like, you know, how to get an agent and Q and A with our agents and stuff like that. Well, I would say that one of the challenges is that you're going to be promoting your book like you're doing now, mm -hmm. and you have to fit your promotion time into the periods when you're able to, 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 to do things, right? Yeah, that's been interesting. <laughs> it's meant a lot of very, very early morning interviews, but that's okay. I don't mind that. It works well for the most part. Occasionally it won't work with someone, but I have some really wonderful neighbors who will watch my daughter or if it's on the weekend, my husband can. So generally I can work something out. I think the bigger 
thing that has been difficult for me has been that that has taken some of my writing time. So trying to find balance, you know, so that I can keep writing and revising, but also be promoting my book. And it it does take a, a big chunk of time. But that's part of the process. You write, you promote, you're writing the second book, as you said, then you're going to be working on proofs while you're promoting the next one and planning the media and everything. It's if you're going to write generally a book a year, you're going to have this overlapping kind of spiral. Oh, definitely. It's kind of like a circle that just never stops. Uh, the hard thing right now is I actually have two books coming out this year, which is really exciting, but it does, it means that there's a lot stacked in there. With the same publisher? Yes. Okay. And you're going to plan to do two books a year in the future? I'm not sure how that will That's a lot out. of work. <laughs> I know. I do write pretty fast, so it's not a bad thing. Um, but at least for this year, it's too, they, they actually ended up having an open slot. So we moved my book a little bit forward to get it out a little earlier. Um, but yeah, it is a lot of work, but I also really love it. So, so far, so good. It's great for readers because I know that when I read an author I really like, and then I say, oh, I got to wait a year or more for the next one. Right. It's a bit of a bummer. And you said you had three previous books. Are these all going to be published or? Probably not. The first two were in a different genre and it's a genre I really love, but is not a genre I feel as though I am at this point well-versed enough in to write well in. And then the third one, I actually think might be a co-writing venture in the future. Um, that's really all I can say about that now, but I, I think it's going to come back with a writing friend of mine and we're going to do something else with it. So we're now in the beginning of June, two weeks after your book has been published, even though this is a time machine and we're still at the end of March. How do you feel? <laughs> how do you think you're going to feel a couple of weeks after the book is published? Um, I think I'm going to feel relieved. I hear that there is a bit of a letdown afterwards, not because of anything bad, just because you put all of this energy to get this book out and then suddenly it's done. It's kind of like, like I've run a bunch of marathons before and after the marathon, there's like this lull where you're like, I'm not training for this big thing anymore. What do I do with my life? Um, yeah, it, it's the adrenaline crash, yeah. but like a long-term adrenaline yeah, crash. Yeah, exactly. Now I will say, since I have another book coming out, I'll probably shift into that pretty fast. Um, I have a writing retreat planned with some of my best writing friends to kind of help pad that and give me something to look forward to. I think it'll be wonderful to kind of exhale and relax a little, but I'm also just so excited to hold my book in my hands. I think that's going to be wonderful and to see it on shelves. And I've already started to see, you know, the occasional bookstagrammer posting about it and leaving it reviews and, you know, taking cool pictures of it. And that is so cool because we write in isolation for so long. So to see our book in someone else's hands and hear that they loved it, or like, you know, my book deals with an abusive relationship. I got this wonderful email. This woman told me, you know, this book helped me heal from my own experience. And there's not really abuse on the page. There is, you know, some not kind words and some manipulation, you know, no one's getting beat up or anything like that. But, you know, she said that it really helped her remember that, th that the way she got into that relationship is that she was hopeful and that she fell in love with someone and that it helped her remember that she wasn't stupid because of that, just that she was human and that, you know, it wasn't her fault. And it was, it's just so cool to hear from readers and hear that it helped them process or hear that, you know, it 
during a hard time in their life was a great distraction because it was a dark, twisty thriller and it just pulled them out of their life um, and let them just be in someone else's shoes for a while. That's really cool. So I, I hope I hope that I'm uh, fortunate enough that I get more of that and that people really enjoy it. Have you been reading anything that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Yes. Um, so these You made books, a list? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you look down at your desk there. On my notepad. <laughs> um, I have, so It Could Be Anyone is a book by my critique partner, Jamie Lynn Hendricks. And that is coming out about the same time my book is. And it is fantastic. And I would highly recommend it. I would also recommend I'll Be You by Janelle Brown. It is a really fun, twisty thriller. The Maid by Nita Prose just came out a few months ago. And that was just a really fun read. It was different than what I expected, but I really enjoyed it. And then lastly, a book by Catherine McKenzie called Please Join Us. I think that one's out this summer and I got an early copy of it and it it was my first book by the author, but it was great. Okay. Jessica Payne, thank you very much. I'll remind listeners the book is Make Me Disappear. And by the time this podcast is published, it will be out. Yes, please grab it. I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank you for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. If you like the podcast, please follow it in iTunes or your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Scrivener, go to ScrivenerApp.com. Join us next month for another conversation on Right Now with Scrivener. <laughs>